Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. And welcome back to another edition of the Michigan Recruiting Insider. I don't even know what episode this is. I just know we have a lot of fun every single week when we talk Michigan recruiting, and you guys seem to really like it too. Those of you who like this podcast, be sure to rate it and review it. If you don't like it, hey, don't don't say anything. <laughs> don't even talk about the podcast. Don't rate it. Don't review it. But if you love it, be sure to rate it and review it. Tell all your friends about it. They can find it wherever they get their podcast: Google, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, you name it, and they can find it. Always do this podcast with my guys, the best crew on the Michigan beat, bar none. Starting off first with Steve Lorenz. Steve, how are you? Good, good. Weather's warming up. A little taste of spring, so things have been really good. And Bryce, marriage. Bryce, how are you, man? I don't know. Like, people can't see, but I'm wearing the tank top, getting ready to go out, you know, swing the clubs out today. So I'll you be play back golf, in. Bryce? You play golf. Man, I can do anything. Of course, you know, they, I'm, I'm still waiting for Steve. To we, play did with a, Steve uh, time, so. we did a roast to John U. Bacon, and people have been requesting that we roast Bryce Marriage next. So I don't know. I don't know it, was, it, was, it was. I don't know if that would fundraise a lot of money. But. <laughs> people think we roast you every week. We don't roast you every week, do we? I don't think we do. I think we take it pretty easy on you, Bryce. I would say most of the stuff I say is pretty accurate, so I don't see You how. said you can bench press 225 10 times. I don't think that's accurate. I think that's one of those embellished statistics. Give me a month. In a month's time, you can you can bench. So how about this? If you're serious, we you know how we do the video. We do the video version of the podcast. You you really want to put it down? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I got the setup for that. But. Right. I got gotcha. you. All right. Let's get let's get down to business, guys. Uh, talking a little linebacker recruiting and. Just to to preview, by the time this podcast comes out, uh, pretty sure my crystal ball for Traverse City Central linebacker Josh Burnham will be flipped to Notre Dame. And this is, for the past week or so, it's really been trending that way. I know the Notre Dame guys were really feeling at first. Uh, definitely had heard of a surge for the Irish with Notre Dame. I'd actually heard of a surge for Wisconsin. With uh, with Burnham as well, heard of a surge with, for Notre Dame with Burnham, and heard of a surge for Wisconsin with Burnham as well, and really this all seemed to pick up steam after Brian Jean Marie left. Uh, there there have been a series of ebbs and flows in this recruitment, um, some of which occurred behind the scenes. I think that going back to during the season, I think that with the way things are going, the uncertainty with the staff. I think that's when things first started uh, maybe flowing away from Michigan a bit. I had heard that Ohio State had really risen to the fore, much like Ohio State did with Will Johnson. And, you know, you you had Al Washington really making a real impression and forging a real connection with uh, with Josh and with his family. So I think he was kind of feeling that. Uh, and then uh, And then Wisconsin and Notre Dame started to rise – uh, more, but Michigan seemed to get it back, and this is all my, you know, kind of the impressions that I, I've gotten along the way. 
I felt like Michigan got things back, uh, got the pendulum swung, uh, you know, redirected in their direction when the coaching staff was put back together, when Jim Harbaugh was retained or extended and Brian Jean-Marie was retained and got him on the phone with McDonald and made it clear that he was he was still a priority and even sweetened the pot, so to speak, by saying, hey, wherever you want to play, linebacker, tight end, H-back, we got you on the quarterback board. I think those things, I think that approach really resonated with him to the point where I think Michigan had moved back to the forefront. Uh, but then when Brian Jean-Marie left for Tennessee, uh, I think that things were uh, went back in the air again. Uh, I think that's when the pendulum swung back towards Wisconsin, back especially towards Notre Dame. And here last week, week and a half, I just think that this is my opinion. I think that between the, the comfort that he has started to feel with Marcus Freeman, the, the comfort that he's always had with, with Brian Kelly, but combined with Notre Dame's coming off a playoff season. You know, because you can look at Michigan's situation, guys, and say, well, hell, he doesn't know Mike, Marcus Freeman any better than he knows Mike McDonald, right? Uh, that was sort of the initial analysis from me. But, you know, if there's a deciding factor in me swinging my crystal ball, it's that Notre Dame's coming off that playoff season, whereas Michigan is obviously coming off a season uh, of under 500 and has some rebuilding to do. Uh, and I think that that is, at least in my opinion, uh, the tipping point. And it's the thing that makes that puts Notre Dame out front. And uh, it's the thing that I think is going to have him uh, choose the Irish at some point this spring. Um, you know, maybe even this month. Time will tell. I don't know what his timeline of his timeline is going to shift or, or not. He was talking about a spring decision. Uh, you know, po possibly a March decision. Uh, we'll see. Either way, uh, I don't think that it'll be Michigan. I know they have put a lot of effort in. They, it wasn't for, I don't think it's a battle they conceded or that they backed off of him or anything like that. I just think that this pendulum swings uh, because the kids' interest has swung, in my opinion, towards the Irish. What say you, Bryce? Yeah, I, I kind of agree with you on that. Um I think when once they hired Freeman, uh, that was a big hire for them. Uh, you know, a lot of Notre Dame fans feel like their defensive recruiting is at a higher level right now than their offensive recruiting just because of what he brings to the table. Um, he was so excellent with Cincinnati and just that unit. And so he could have went anywhere. And he's shown the ability to, you know, recruit at a high level and go and get guys that maybe they didn't have a great of a shot with. Um, with Burnham, I think, too. You can kind of see it maybe trending away, too, because Michigan has offered quite a bit of uh, different linebackers recently, too. So they've really expanded that board and wanted to see, you know, more have more options on the table. But I think with Burnham, last thing I want to point out with him, I don't think they're going to concede this. I don't think this is like if he does flip to or he does go to Notre Dame, I don't think that's going to be the last time we talk about him. So – I think at this point, though, Notre Dame sits the best. Steve? Yeah, I think to your, one of your points, Sam, about uh, Notre Dame's success on the field is is well-founded. Not only in Notre Dame, but Michigan is susceptible to negative recruiting now, right now, too, I would assume, right? So it's what's made what they've done so far in this cycle so impressive. You, know, you have two and four. You know, 
Michigan's always been negatively recruited against, but now there are real factors that could work against them in, in some different races. Uh, Burnham's a guy, life was big Michigan fan, right? Uh, yes. Growing up, huge, right. Huge, like yeah. huge Michigan fan. Um, and a guy I think we thought for a long time, even after he had initially narrowed it down, uh, felt like it was Michigan's to lose. Uh, got to think like as big of a loss as Brian Jean Marie was for Michigan in this race, you got to think there were other, that can't be the only reason uh, that would kind of change the momentum in this recruitment, you know, and, and again, with Harbaugh taking the pay cut, the contracts that you just don't know what other programs are, are right. saying and using in, in these types of situations. And that's why I say, I think Michigan is more susceptible to negative recruiting um, in some of these races. Not say, not saying that's what Notre Dame or, and or Wisconsin's done. I, I, I suspect if I was them, I would be, um, but you know, definitely a, a loss uh, if he commits elsewhere. I mean, this is obviously, this is a guy I think a lot of us had pegged in Michigan's class for, for months and, and really, a guy I would have thought would be a better fit in the defense they're going to run now than he would have been. I mean, he's a guy that can play anywhere, but I feel like he'd have been a, a star uh, in the, at least what defense we think McDonald will eventually establish as their base. So, and I agree with Bryce though. I suspect this one will keep going. I think they know his original affinity for Michigan. And again, the fact they led, there's no doubt that they led for a really, really long time in this recruitment, regardless of who he chooses, um, you know, when he makes his verbal commitment. So, you know, I think Michigan will keep that in mind. Uh, but they're also recruiting a lot of really quality edge players across the country right now. Some guys are in uh, striking distance with. So other options, but yeah, you can't spin this into anything but a loss. And yeah, it also says a lot about Marcus Freeman, uh, a guy like that who had as much success as he had at Cincinnati. Uh, put a guy like that at a program like Notre Dame, and I think you can see the results there in, in a race like this one. Yeah, I think a series of great points there. Both of you guys, but you're you're right, Steve. When you you say, uh, you know, they'll talk record, they'll talk, uh, you know, they'll they're going to continue to talk about staff stability. Like, are you? They're they're going to say, and they are saying, are you sure those guys are going to be around and that kind of thing until they get back on the field and and you know, kind of change their fortunes record wise. Uh, but Bryce, like you said, uh, a great point on your part. He said, hey, this this is like the beginning of the race. <laughs> you know, now you know who you got to beat kind of thing. Uh, you aren't spinning this as anything other than a loss, but you also aren't conceding the race when signing day is still the early signing period is still nine months away. Right. And Rayshon Benny, that's how you got to say Rayshon Benny is a perfect example of a guy who they led for for the majority of the race. And then, boom, suddenly he goes to Notre Dame. They don't panic. They maintain the relationship. They continue to recruit him, uh, and then down the line, he eventually flips back in their direction. So uh, I think they are they will pursue that course with Josh Burnham. That's assuming that they don't fill up with the other backers that they're on. So let's talk linebacker recruiting post-Josh Burnham, assuming for the sake of argument that he does go Notre Dame's way, Steve, who are, who's a guy or two that you would highlight that you would spotlight as, Hey, this is a guy to really pay attention to as far as Michigan's pursuit is concerned. Well, at the edge spot, there's a couple guys uh, that we've talked a little bit about, but guys that I know Michigan is very, very high on in uh three-star Joshua Josephs out of Kennesaw, Georgia. He just got his 20th offer today. Kind of quietly has a, to me, I, I watch his film and I know uh, one of our main analysts agrees 
Uh, we ranked him and rated him as an 89 high three star to begin the process. Uh, I will be shocked if that's where he ends the process. I think he's a top two, four, seven level player. Uh, you turn on his film. He can do a little bit of everything, even plays coverage, rushes the passer uh, great against the run, you know, just does everything that it, I feel like Mike McDonald wants uh, from the, that edge type position uh, in a three, four style defense. So uh, he's definitely a name. He took a virtual visit, I think late last week. And uh, Michigan, I think, has been one of the most aggressive pursuers of him early on. Still kind of waiting to see him get those the big ones down south. He's got some good offers. Uh, I think South Carolina, Mississippi State, a few other ones. I'm waiting to see, and I, I suspect that the big hitters like Georgia, LSU, Alabama, Auburn, Florida uh, will eventually get involved here at some point. So he's in the, he's one to really keep an eye on. Another guy, too, uh, Jeremy Patton. Out of Tanaha, Texas. It's a tiny little town. I want to say it's kind of close to the Louisiana, Texas border, uh, somewhere in that neighborhood. Uh, another guy. We actually initially had him listed as a safety. Uh, he plays wide receiver, and Michigan is recruiting that linebacker. Um, I think that's a good combo, actually, as far as at the athleticism goes. Uh, he's a, a safety uh, length, but can be grown into a, a pretty menacing guy at the linebacker position, and, and is. He's uber athletic. Uh, another guy whose film I would – uh, turn on uh, if you if listeners are interested. Uh, really looks the part. What'll be interesting with him and with you know Josephs too, and if a lot of these guys is just and we did this last cycle, but it's just getting them up. Uh, you know, hopefully Michigan can get some official visits set up here. I think I've seen other programs. Guys are setting official visits. Other programs haven't seen uh, in June. Haven't seen Michigan any or anybody announce for an official visit yet. Right now, Michigan's battling a lot of the Big Twelve. Um, the mid to high range level schools in the big 12, like Oklahoma state, TCU, um, Baylor, you know, another one where I not, you know, haven't seen Texas and Oklahoma get involved yet, but I kind of wonder uh, if they will eventually. Uh, but he's another one to me is a, a tip top target for them. I'm, if, you know, those are the two guys I really uh, kind of think of off the bat for them. Bryce, any linebackers or who are the linebackers that you look at that you want to spotlight a little bit uh, with the focus shifted away from Burnham now? I think it's pretty safe to start off with Micah Pollard. Um, mm-hmm. Steve and I just put in, uh, put in a crystal ball for him, uh, favoring Michigan. He's got extremely strong ties, as we well document on this podcast several times. Um, his, you know, he's the nephew of uh, Braylon Edwards, who played at Michigan. His dad, Marcus Pollard, also played with Jim Harbaugh um, in the Colts. Had a short stint playing together in the Colts, and he's got a strong tie or a strong relationship to George Hilo, who's now the linebackers coach, uh, who's originally from the Jacksonville, Florida area. So there's a lot of ties there with him. Um, So he's obviously, I would start off with him. Another guy, Michigan's actually, who's got extremely strong ties to, um, that Michigan's recently inquired about and made contact with, is Sterling Lane. I don't know if we've talked about him much, but he's out of uh, Southern Cal. He's 6'3", I want to say 240-ish, so he could be an edge rusher. He could stand up. But interesting about him is his mom's from Flint, and he's the cousin of Glenn Rice. So he's you talk about ties. He's got extremely strong ties to Michigan as well. I know he got an offer from old staff. The new staff is starting to evaluate him, look at him. Tough part about him, he hasn't played his junior season because he's from California. They haven't started quite yet. So he's the guy to watch as well. And a guy I know they like a lot as well is uh, Shamar James from Alabama. He just released a top eight. You're thinking he's not leaving. 
Alabama. He's not leaving the Yohammer State, but the only school north that he that made that top eight was Michigan. He's got an extremely you know good uh, relationship with Ashawn Larkins. He's connected a lot with Mike McDonald, and he likes kind of you know the new defense they're kind of forming up there. And Michigan likes him just in terms of what he can bring at multiple positions in terms of you know anywhere for linebackers and stuff. There's other guys too, like Lander Barn from Utah. Um, they've had, you know, mer- virtual visits. I know Omar Graham, he's a kid from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. They just had a virtual visit. He got to talk with some of the academic support staff at Michigan, really, really high in Michigan in terms of what they can offer on and off the field there. He's another guy, but like we said, they're going to expand this board post Barnum or Burnham, and they're going to see what guys fit. But I think Steve said this in a previous podcast too. I really like the linebacker offers. They're extremely athletic. They can move sideline to sideline, and they're kind of a different look where we've seen previously before. Yeah, and the kid that we mentioned maybe in passing, I think we maybe talked about him like a minute or two in a prior podcast, but a local kid, or at least a kid with local roots from Kannapolis, North Carolina, A.L. Brown High School, Torin Wright. And, you know, Torin is an Atlantic region prospect recruiting profile-wise right now with schools like North Carolina State, South Carolina, Duke, West Virginia. Uh, But Michigan jumped into the fray about a week and a half, two weeks ago with an offer. uh, And that immediately made waves around here because his family is from from Ipsy. Uh, You know, family in Ipsy, Ann Arbor. Um, you know, MJ Griffin is is his cousin uh, who uh, was at Celine and went to Temple. Uh, you have Brandon Wade, you know, a guard on Michigan's basketball team uh, from Skyline right around here, uh, who, uh, as we know, transferred back here. Family members <laughs> that are like, hell, even Larry Lage, you, maybe you've, you saw on Twitter, Larry Lage grew up with Torrin Wright's dad. It was like, oh, man, it's so cool to see. Michigan pursuing the kid of of one of my childhood friends. So the community is really checking for this kid. Uh, his They know about him, and seemingly they know more about him than the recruiting world does outside of that region anyway. Uh, because right now, you know, Michigan is his is his biggest offer. With his, with his physical makeup, though, and with their season just underway down there in North Carolina, I think they're two games into the season now, it'll be interesting to see if he really blows up because Michigan offered him on the heels of his first game of the season. I think it was an 11 tackle, one sack, one forced fumble, one block field goal game. Uh, and the talk was that he's bigger, stronger, faster uh, than he was last year. You watch a sophomore film. He moves well, makes some plays, um, you know, but it sounds like, you know, a kid who was maybe 6'2", 6'3", and 200 is now 6'4", 215. If you're 6'4", 215, and wreaking havoc, that's going to get attention beyond Michigan. So time will tell, but he said he's going to be on Michigan's campus in the next month or so for a dead period visit. So we'll definitely keep track of that. Uh, But I want to switch gears, guys, and and get into quarterback talk just a little bit because I had an opportunity to speak at length with the quarterback's coach of a very intriguing uh, prospect that you talked about, I want to say last week, Bryce, Nate Johnson. And it's important to maybe reset the board a bit because a kid you talked about, Steve, and Drew Aller just came off the board, and it's no surprise that it wasn't for it wasn't for Michigan when he came off the board. 
So I had a theory on that one, and I'm wondering if it's what came to fruition. Uh, I know after the first time I talked to him, uh, whenever Michigan offers like three weeks or a month or so ago, I didn't post on the board at the time because it's like you don't know for sure or not. But the, with with him now committed to Penn State, uh, I came out of the conversation with him thinking that Michigan had little to no chance, uh, even though we did move him because we knew they liked him, though. Uh, that he, we moved him to top target. It's not always about what my feeling is after talking to him is not going to affect that right. status. We know Michigan loved him hard not to like his film, but I kind of wondered as a kid out of like nowheresville, Ohio, uh, may have grown up a Buckeyes fan and could not see himself like playing for Michigan, even though he wasn't going to Ohio state, uh, you know, cause it was kind of odd that Michigan just really had no, uh, you know, really not didn't end end up doing much, if anything, in this recruitment at all, you know? So yeah, to have to move down the board, Taven Jackson, still kind of the other name as well. Um, but I do, the thing about Nate Johnson is really, I think this is a class, another class where they can kind of shoot for the moon a little bit, knowing that Alan Bowman has three years of eligibility, you know, I think they're, and knowing that the portal is always going to be there. You have McCarthy who you feel pretty, obviously feel pretty good about. You already have McNamara as well. This would be the cycle to kind of take a guy who has a really, really high ceiling, uh, like a Nate Johnson type guy, you know. And so I think it's a fascinating, fascinating fit. And I think I know I think what will be mentioned, but is worth saying, uh, California hasn't played their season juniors. You're right. Yeah. So we're going to get some really fresh film on this guy in the very near future. And I, I think uh, it'll be really exciting to see what that looks like. Yeah, you mentioned Taven Jackson, and you saw this, Bryce. I mean, that kid. He has become a national prospect, over 30 offers. I think he just picked up one from, from UCLA. But, you know, looking at his profile, I mean, dude, uh, you got Florida State, Texas A&M, Florida has come through with an offer. I mean, Oklahoma State has come up and extended an offer as well. This is a guy that has won it all over the country. Now, very high on Michigan's board. He seems very high on Michigan. It's one of the schools – that he mentions the strongest mutual, you know, has the strongest mutual interest in. Uh, but this one seems like one where even if he's high on Michigan, is you can't necessarily call them the favorite. With Nate Johnson, it feels like, to Steve's point, the junior season not underway yet. Uh, you know, Michigan definitely being the biggest offer on his list to this point. Feels like they are in a in a pretty good position to kind of, you know, anchor, set their anchor before the other big-timers jump in, which his quarterback's coach, who we're going to hear from, really thinks is going to happen once the season gets underway. He's a when – you, when you put on the film, he's extremely exciting. And I think – I think I said this last podcast is he's the first quarterback I ever watched in terms of film and saw him at wideout. I mean, I've never seen that before. And so he can make plays, obviously, with his legs and with his arms. He's the true definition of a dual-threat quarterback. It's very exciting. His arm, he's got a live arm. I've talked to 24-7 Sports, West Coast Regional Analyst, Greg Biggins, about him. We saw him at the Lean 11 back in November, and he said, this kid is a kid who's got, a, like I said, a lot of upside, a lot of potential, and he's someone that could eventually blow up following a strong junior season. So, like you said, Sam, Michigan got in there pretty early. We just They just offered it early November. That was Josh Gaddis. Since then, Matt Wise from the Baltimore Ravens, who's now the new quarterbacks coach at Michigan, has had multiple conversations with him, has really impressed him. I think we've talked about with Wise, too, just his 
smarts and IQ in terms of the game, I think has really intrigued Johnson as well in terms of he can see kind of his vision, what he wants to do with him if he enters this offense. And last point is if Michigan were to get him, I think this is a perfect fit because he's not asked to do anything right away in terms of step in, take the reins, and lead him to like a 10-win season or something like that. He could develop, take his time, learn from the coaches, get bigger and stronger, learn the playbook, and become a more complete and more developed quarterback. Because right now he's extremely raw. But in terms of physical and just athletic ability, he's got some of the best stuff you've, you'll see on tape right now. So he's extremely intriguing, and he's a guy I think Michigan really loves and would love to add in this class as well. Yeah, a number of of key points that you hit upon. This is a dynamic athlete. Talk to his quarterbacks coach, Greg Pinelli from Pinelli Passing Academy, out there in the uh, out there in the Valley in California. And this is a kid, man, that you pop in the tape. I mean, his coach said this is a legit 39-inch vertical 4-3-4-4 guy, and you see that. You see that when you watch him. And he's not just, as I said when we talked about him last week, he's not just a quarterback you know, that, that can run, that can scramble. This dude is run. He can legitimately, to your point, Bryce, be a standout wide receiver. I mean, he is, he is big play fast. Uh, and the, the question is, for a lot of people, it's like, you know, can he really throw it? Is he really a quarterback? Or is he an athlete playing quarterback? And his coach, quarterback's coach contends he is a quarterback. But as you said, Bryce, even if you felt like he was a little more athlete than quarterback, you can leave him in the incubator if you're a school like Michigan and grow him up some and get him up to speed to where you think he needs to be. But they're already enamored enough with him to not only offer him, but to be all over him. It's been Harbaugh. It's been Gaddis. It's been Matt Weiss. Uh, Matt Weiss is going to be connecting with the quarterbacks coach, Greg Pinelli, here coming up as well. So this is a guy to definitely keep an eye on. And here's an interesting thing to give you a little preview. He said, athletically, he said, I hate making comparisons. I don't want to put pressure on the kid. But if we're just talking about who, who his athletic talent reminds you of, he said, physically, you know, you folks at Michigan, physically, uh, his athletic skills, his athletic talent is like, a lot like Denari Robinson. So, <laughs> again, it's not saying that he's going to be able to be that in college uh, or that his 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 ceiling as a passer is that he's just giving you an idea of what the physical characteristics are like for this kid as a runner at the quarterback position he said man denard <laughs> i said well man the folks are gonna like to hear that so have that interview coming up for you on the other side so be sure to stick with us when we return you'll hear from greg pinelli from the pinelli passing academy talking about his standout quarterback and Michigan offer recipient, Nate Johnson, will return here on the Michigan Recruiting Insider. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got 
you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I wanted to get some insight into Nate as a player and as a uh, as a recruit, but let's just... Let's just start off and have you uh, just take me back over the course of his career. I know that uh, for much of that time, our guys at least have regarded him as a big-time athlete, but recently they really started talking him, talking up his uh, his throwing skills. So from a coaching perspective, how would you sort of chart and break down his development? Yeah, I would say, you know, Nate's one of those guys I started training – Nate about three years ago. So he was in eighth grade at the time, sixth, seventh. Well, out here they play middle school football instead of really like Pop Warner. It's, it's middle school football that's overseen by the high school varsity coaches. So all of it kind of falls within the same program, I guess you would say, under the same budget. Um, so they are running similar offenses. So it's over, like I said, it's overseen. So the coaches are all hired. So it's, I would say it's a little bit more competitive, obviously, than a Pop Warner football. So seventh grade. Killed it. I think they went undefeated. He was a quarterback, obviously killed it then. Eighth grade, same thing. And when I saw him in eighth grade, you know, he was kind of the talk of Clovis and the kids. The kid was just such a freak athlete and, you know, he could play anywhere on the field type thing. So I said, you know, I got to take a look at this guy. So I started uh, the first workout. I think um, he was still in eighth grade and um, he's throwing the high school ball around and um, obviously wasn't the cleanest yet mechanically was very raw still. And, um, he, he immediately impressed me. I saw him do, I think it was a five-step drop. I just, you know, was an open workout type of thing just to kind of test his abilities and see where he was at things that we could work on moving forward. And I think I had him do a five-step drop and just chuck it down the field. I want to see what it was arm strength was. And I remember in eighth grade, he was five-step drop, chuck it 50 yards, 45, 50 yards down the field. Um, with the high school ball as an eighth grader. And I was like, holy crap. Okay. That's a little <laughs> different than I'm used to seeing from an eighth grader, you know? And, um, a lot of people would say that Nate is, um, or Nate could play obviously anywhere, but most people that aren't in the industry that I'm in or aren't the, I guess the football experts, if you would, or the writers like yourself or the coaches would say, well, you know, Nate, why, why isn't he playing receiver? Look how fast he is or what, you know, he can jump through the gym and um, you actually watch him throw 
And that's the question I get from a lot of college coaches is, you know, how does he throw? Realistically, how does he throw? Because there's, there's always that doubt when you have those athletic abilities. There's that doubt. It's like, ah, eh, well, he's probably not the greatest thrower, but he gets it done because he's such a freak athlete. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I remember seeing him, you know, and I told my wife um, right after I trained him, you know, the first couple sessions, I said, this kid's going to be an national recruit. He's going to be a Big Ten, SEC, Pac-12 type of quarterback. Um, on a different level than a lot of these kids. And I can see it already. And here we are, um, you know, three years later him working a couple times a week with me. And now he's got offers and they obviously haven't got to play their season. They're starting in two weeks. And I think after he gets a lot more film, more uh, recognition and attention will be coming his way. Gotcha. So at this point, height, weight, 40 time, where would, where would you place him? Height, I think he's almost 6'2 now. I would anticipate him growing a little bit more. His dad played basketball at Oklahoma. He's 6'8", 6'9"-ish. So his dad's pretty tall. Um, he's about 190. Uh, he He's going to have probably at the Elite 11 when they do the testing again. He trains at the local facility that I'm partnered up with, which is Athletic Performance here in Clovis. That's where I do some of my quarterback training, um, and that's where he does his strength and speed training there with Dave Stanifer and Josh Norman. And um, those two guys have been great for him, but he started there not too long ago, um, really taking it serious there. And by the time he hits the Elite 11 in June, where they do the Nike opening testing, uh, it wouldn't surprise me if he jumps, you know, 38, 39 on the vert. And... He should, which I told Huffman, and I don't know if I want to tell you. You might be, you can quote, you know, you could quote me on this. Okay. Nate will be the fastest quarterback in the country at the Elite 11. Okay. Look it right now. Okay. All right. So that, you know, he, if he, he should, it would not surprise me if he touches 4 3 on the laser. Wow. Does he run track? He ran, he ran 4 4 in November. He ran 4 4 5, 4 4, 4 4 5, 4 4 7, 4 4 9. Back to back to back on the laser November. on the laser on on the laser at the Nike opening. Yes. A delete 11. Wow. Does he run track too? Yeah. He, his first meet, he ran a meet last year. I think it was the first or second meet last year as a sophomore before they got shut down from COVID. He ran 10, eight, I believe. Wow. And the hundred. And so, and this, that's first meet, you know, you're getting your, the anxieties and the nerves out. Um, so if, if he trains and does what he's supposed to do, obviously he takes football, the most serious and he's just an athlete that can run. And if he takes some of the track stuff serious, it wouldn't be surprised if he's at the state meet running the hunter next year. Wow. Wow. Okay. So that being the case, uh, you know, compare him, kind of give me the, the comparison college or pro. Is there a player that you look at or that coaches have looked at and compared him to? Uh, and I knew you were going to ask that. And I, and you know, I, I me, like everybody else, is going to hate answering that question. Right. Um, Just style-wise. I'm not asking you to say he's going to be the, the next right, right, so-and-so. Yeah. Style-wise, I would say, um, man, he's he is an athlete from a crazy perspective. As far as, like, speed-wise, straight-line speed, I would say he's, you know, it, he's a, your Lamar Jackson speed wise or your Denard Robinson speed wise. That's a good, that's a guy right there. I come since you're a Michigan guy, you know, I watched Denard Robinson playing college from a speed perspective. You're, you're looking at that mm-hmm. from a, from an athlete perspective, 
you know, you can put him anywhere on the football field and he's going to figure out a way to get it done. But he throws the ball really well. You know, he is an extremely good thrower. He has a lot of velocity on the football. He can make a lot of the throws on the football field that, you know, other kids that might have um, the same type of training that can't make those throws or guys that are older that can't make those throws or, uh, you know, as far as Lamar Jackson goes, that, that's obviously a comp because he's a running quarterback or one of the few running quarterbacks in the NFL. Um, but, you know, he's a little bit probably more shifty than most quarterbacks or running style quarterbacks. But Denard Robinson, I think, would be a good comparison from a speed perspective. But athletically, I don't know. It's it's he's such a crazy athlete. There's not too many quarterbacks, obviously, that you've probably come across that that run a a four three or or four four forty on the laser and then jump thirty eight thirty nine vert and and can actually rip the football. You know. Yeah, that that is absolutely different. So now is recruiting starts to blow up. Now I, I don't know if his offer list is up to date, but it. At least looking at his profile, it looks like Michigan is his biggest offer to date. Is that accurate? What would you? How would you? Yeah, say? yeah, yeah. So I know some Utah offered first, then Arizona, then Fresno State, San Jose State, Michigan, and then Oregon State. And then um, obviously there's a list of other schools that have reached out, or a list of other schools that were going to offer and then saw the Michigan offer come through and said, forget it. We're out, <laughs> you know, that type of thing, which there's, there's multiple schools that have actually said that within, I would say our area. Um, you know, there's a, there's a couple of pac 12s that have said that, but um, yeah, Michigan is definitely the biggest offer. I know there's a couple of different bigger pac 12s that are waiting for the season to start um, before they make an offer. Um and uh, I know there's a couple big 12s and it wouldn't surprise me, obviously, with the SECs as well. So, yeah, it, you know, Michigan being his biggest offer. And it's funny, I told him about eight months ago, um, you know, being a California guy, you always look look at watching college football. I played at Eastern Washington and, you know, we, we went to a couple bigger stadiums. But while we watching and seeing the big house on TV, uh, I told him eight months ago, I said, you know, one day when you get an offer from Michigan, I'm going on the visit with you because I want to see the big house in person. And literally that day he got the offer. I said, I told you eight months ago. And I said, whenever your visit is, I'm going. I don't care what what it takes, but I'm going on the visit with you. So it's actually come to fruition here eight months later. Wow. Wow. So have you had an opportunity to talk to any of the Michigan coaches about him yet? I have not. I, I think, I believe it's Coach Weiss, right? Yes. That's the, that's the quarterback coach. So yes. I know he talked to Coach Hammond yesterday. Um, I believe I'm going to be doing, I'm going to try to get on a call here with Coach Weiss here soon and do a Zoom call or whatever, a phone call, whatever it may be. Um, but no, I haven't directly talked to them. I've talked to some, obviously, the other coaches, but not directly with Michigan yet. So in your conversations with Nate, I mean, what are his impressions of Michigan? What does he think of Michigan at this point? Uh, he obviously is keeping everything open because it's so early. But, you know, to say that he wasn't extremely excited when the Michigan offer came through would be an understatement. He was driving actually to train with me that night. He day just got done with practice and he was getting ready to come train with me. And, and the coaches called and offered him and he immediately called me and then he got out of his car and I just look on his face. He was kind of in disbelief, but he was just like, dude, Michigan, I can't, I can't believe it. Like it's, this is, this is real. 
And um, I think both of us were extremely excited, especially because of all the work that he's put in and, you know, the haters and the, the doubters and the people that say, oh, you shouldn't play quarterback, just play receiver or DB because, you you know, you're such a good athlete. Don't waste your talent at quarterback. Go go elsewhere, whatever it may be. Um, and, he, you know, he's proving a lot of people wrong, I think, um, every step of the way and everything that he's doing and how, how serious he's taken his training over the last, you know, especially the last, I would say, year basically since covid um since track season was canceled he's been he's pretty much been with me twice a week um training working on his craft and, and throwing to his receivers and just doing anything that they can to be ready when that call comes and obviously they're squaring up here in a couple of weeks with their their first matchup so i know he's excited obviously with michigan he, he's for sure i shouldn't say for sure but i know that that would be one of the schools regardless of how many offers he ends up getting one of the schools that he's definitely going to be visiting for sure in the fall. So knowing him as you do, let's fast forward down the line and say he's getting ready to make a decision. When he does that, what are going to be the biggest factors in that choice? Uh, I would say for sure. Um, there's been a, a couple of schools that have mentioned him being an athlete. Obviously he wants, he's made it a point that he wants to play quarterback. So most of the schools that would consider him an athlete, they might bring him in to play multiple positions or in as a quarterback but thoughts of maybe moving it i would say that those those schools might not be on the top of his list um regardless of who they are because he's made it a point that he wants to be a quarterback and he's a quarterback before anything else but i would say obviously the comfortability with the coaches um you know i think the ability to step in and probably play sooner than later would be one um school-wise nate's a pretty good student I think this past semester he ended up with a 4.0. So obviously education-wise, Michigan would, would be up there as far as education goes. So, um, you know, the offense, most of these offenses these days are pretty similar running the spread. So I don't think um, that is going to be the biggest factor because, like I said, everybody's very similar at this, this standpoint anyways um, or close to it. But I would say, you know, the coaching, the coaching experience um, – and the ability to, to maybe step in sooner than later and the vibe around campus, the small, smaller schools or the bigger schools, regardless of what it is. Um, you know, he, he has made it a, a point to say he's going to go to certain schools already because of the coaches and the, the contact that he's had with the coaches and the love that they've already shown him. And he's going to go take his visit or visits at a couple of those schools. Um, so, you know, just Nate, Nate's, Nate's a guy that's, it's uh you know relationship driven i think um we've had a good relationship over the last three years he stays stays close and close with certain people and and his trust factor and things like that are huge um and close to him and his heart so i think you know overall relationship with a coach um which, you know, might sound cliche for a quarterback or for any no. recruit. But you know how it's always different with quarterbacks. Yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. So those, those would probably be the few things I think that he's really going to look into. So one thing I didn't hear you say was distance from home. Do you think that's going to play a role, any role at all? No, 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 no. If I said that, I, I, I didn't mean it anyway because Nate has made it – definitely made it a point that he has uh, – he he said he wants to he wants to get out of here. He wouldn't mind getting out of here and going away. Uh, you know he's growing up right out here in the valley, and as big as Fresno is, it really isn't that big. Fresno Clovis area is really not that big. Um, 
So, you know, he's told me multiple times because I've asked him, hey, you know, if Pac-12 offer or this Pac-12 offers or this Mountain West offers, you know, is that going to be an issue because, you know, you're close to home or, or you want to get out of here? And he said, oh, absolutely. I don't I don't care where I go. I just want it to be a fit for me. <laughs> so now are you or he familiar with uh, Xavier Worthy from Fresno Central East? From he, uh, yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. So so Nate. Nate actually raced against Xavier in the four by one last year. And uh, right, like I said, right before COVID hit, they raced against each other in one of the legs of the four by one. And from my understanding, those two uh, were side by side when they passed the baton off or when they finished. I don't know if they were running the anchor spot or the third spot, but from my understanding, they were side by side. So I thought that was pretty cool that uh, a, a potential recruit for Michigan could uh, a receiver that he could be throwing to in the future at Michigan um, has a quarterback that's running just as fast as him <laughs> in the four by one. So, that yeah, but as nuts. far as I know, I think that Nate and Xavier have kind of known each other for a while from what Nate has said. Um, so I know that they're familiar with each other, absolutely. Cool, 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 cool. All right, so timeline for making a decision. You mentioned visits in the fall. So is he gonna? Is Nate gonna be a guy that waits until signing day to make a, a decision? I have honestly not really talked to him that much about the, the decision time. Um, but I know with especially with the COVID stuff and not being able to visit campuses right now, I definitely know that he's going to want to visit them and rightfully so, obviously. So I would anticipate that Nate probably makes a decision next football season or, or I say next football season. It's really not that far from us right now, but um he, yeah, I would anticipate him making a decision sometime in the late fall. Maybe it is a signing day thing, but I really, to be honest with you, I haven't talked to him and got that far on, you know, was it going to look like, is it going to be the December deal or the, I, I can't anticipate it's going to be a February deal. Um, so I, but most, most likely right after the football season next year or in the fall after he does his five visits. Okay. And my last one for you. So did he grow up like in any school? Like, is there a school that, you know, he was a fan of the, if he, if they offered him, he'd just be like, wow, I can't believe that one came through. I would realistically speaking, I would say Oklahoma because his dad went there mm -hmm. and played basketball at Oklahoma. But, um, as far as I know, Oklahoma obviously hasn't offered him yet. And I don't know how much contact his coach or I haven't had any contact with Oklahoma. They just got a, a five-star kid, a Caleb kid that's going there. I forget his last name. Yeah, Caleb Caleb Kelly. Yeah. Yeah, Caleb Kelly's going there. So, you know, Nate is well aware of the recruits that are going there. And I think that would probably, going back to your question you asked before, going, you know, that would probably play a factor, play a role in some of his decisions. Um, not that he's going to shy away from competition, but a school like Oklahoma and even Michigan, you know, you're bringing in four or five stars every year. Uh, especially with Caleb and uh, the amount of recognition that he's got, you know, it's, it's looking like it's going to be a Spencer Rattler for two more years. And then Caleb's going to step in or Spencer Rattler for yeah. another year. And then Caleb will step in. Yeah. I'm thinking so of, Caleb Kelly is a, is the linebacker from our true way. Caleb Williams, Williams is who you're talking about. Caleb Williams. Yeah. that's. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah but yeah, Caleb Kelly that. is from my, he, he goes to Oklahoma too. So. Yes. That, I don't, I don't know why I said, Oklahoma. yeah. No, I said yeah, that. He went, yeah. yeah he Cause he was from Clovis. Didn't he go, wasn't he from Clovis? Clovis West. Yeah. 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 So I, yeah. But anyways, that, um, I know that Nate is obviously aware of that. And, you know, I think that if Oklahoma offered, it would be like a wow thing for him, but it would be very similar to a, 
a Michigan, you know, do you get offered from a school like Oklahoma or Michigan or, you know, USC or Alabama, you know, all of those schools, obviously the powerhouses in the history there um, that would wow anybody, but the Michigan, the Michigan offer, um, it was definitely impressive to him and he was very much excited about it. So I would, it would, I would be hard pressed to think that, you know, um, that another school or a dream school like that, um, could do any better than as far as the excitement goes um, and the, the look that he had on his face. And, and I know that he's excited to get the season rolling because of, you know, other coaches calling around and he's been humble about the whole thing. That's, that's what's good to see with Nate is he's been super humble about it. I, I obviously knowing he's a, he's a highly touted guy here in the Valley um, and being a younger kid, Sometimes they get lost in the sauce if you would, but Nate's pretty, pretty even keel right now about it and knows that he's got some things to prove. And I think that he's excited to do that here in a couple of weeks. Awesome. Yeah. You, I'll keep you posted once I, once I end up talking to coach Weiss and, and maybe a couple of the other guys and, um, you know, we'll just go from there, but I appreciate your time. I look forward to hearing from you in the future. And obviously if you never need anything in regards to Nate or you want some videos and stuff like that, content, whatever it may be, let me know. I'd love to, to help you out. My man, I appreciate you, Greg. Thanks a lot for your time. You got it, Sam. We'll talk to you soon, okay? Take talk. care. You too. And that'll do it for this week's edition of the Michigan Recruiting Insider, another jam-packed episode. Of course, we'll be back next week with more great recruiting coverage. If you want this kind of coverage every day, though, be sure to join us over on the MichiganInsider.com. Great deal going on for $1. That's right, for just $1, get your first month of access over at themichiganinsider.com, so don't miss out on that opportunity. Of course, with this podcast, if you like this podcast, be sure to rate it, be sure to review it, be sure to tell all your friends about it. All I have to do is search Michigan Insider Podcast, and then once that comes up, just grab the Michigan Recruiting Insider available wherever you get your podcast: Google, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, you name it. Of course, we'll be back next week here on the Michigan Recruiting Insider. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.